0: Do not judge me by my success. Judge me by how many times I fell down and got back up again. That is a quote by Nelson Mandela. Welcome to Trina Talk. This is the podcast where guests share their stories of pursuing their passions, living a fulfilled life, and empowering others. Each week, I talk with inspiring leaders, business owners, and people with amazing stories from around the world in unscripted conversations as they share their successes and failures. This podcast is all about empowering you to keep striving in your personal and professional life. I am your host, Trina L. Martin. Welcome to episode 173. I am delighted to announce that I'll be speaking at Women in Tech, Texas on 19th through the 20th of May 2022. This event offers an immersive educational experience for like-minded women to access proven strategies and tools to support them in their mission to achieve their career goals. Registration is now open. Book your pass today and secure a 15% discount with my special discount code, and that code is WITTSPEAKER15. And the website is www.women hyphen n hyphen tech hyphen texas.com. The topic of this week's episode is resilience and audacity. My guest this week is Beate Chalette. Beate is the growth architect and founder of the Women's Code. She provides strategies, blueprints, and results-oriented, tangible tools and techniques that unify your teams, give you clear steps to improve your business systems, and strengthen your leadership skills. A first generation immigrant who found herself one hundred thirty five thousand dollars in debt as a single parent, Beate bootstrapped her passion for photography into a highly successful global business and eventually sold it to Bill Gates in a multimillion dollar deal. She is amongst the top one hundred global thought leaders by People Hum and one of fifty must follow women entrepreneurs by Huff Post. Hi, Beate. How are you?
1: I am terrific, Trina. I'm so happy to be here.
0: I'm glad you're joining me today on Trina Talk. I have been waiting for this interview to speak with you because you are doing some amazing things and you have an amazing story. But before we get into that, I always like to ask my guests to tell the listeners who you are and what made you the Beate that you are today.
1: Well, so my name is Beate Schillett. I'm known as the growth architect, and I help visionaries and leaders to make and amplify their impact by providing them with blueprints and tools and strategies to actually make that happen. And uh, how did I get to be Beate Schillett, the growth architect? I basically just figured out that life was a series of challenges that you needed to turn into opportunities and then challenge you self across the way on every single step to see how you can make your own impact. And mine is helping others to make their impact.
0: Wow. So that's amazing. And you have made an impact for sure. So you have an interesting story and you you call it your 13
1: year overnight
0: success story.
1: <laughs> yes. So <laughs> why don't you explain that to the listeners? you know i think that sometimes when we hear these success stories and you you hear that somebody did something crazy like sell a company to bill gates then you go oh well you know god knows how she did that but you don't realize the trials and tribulations that go there because by the time you get to the point where you are hitting that a fast acceleration piece in business you most likely have made a lot of really good mistakes, paid a lot of really big bills and been in a lot of trouble, duck yourself out, did another mistake, duck yourself out. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, I've overcome seven disasters. Now the eighth with the pandemic, little did I know I was going to add that one to my ever growing repertoire of adversity and having the, I always say resilience is the audacity to not give up. And that is what creates this overnight success story. And I think, Trina, a lot of people are really attached to this idea that their path to get to success is the way it's actually going to go. And I'm going to tell you, this never happens the way you think it does. It does this crazy zigzag thing. And then you go like, well, but I thought it was going to go this way. And it yanks you in the other direction. And then 16 things happen over there and you, you don't believe that you're ever going to get back. And then somehow magically things fall into place. So the story is really my, my 13 year adversity story is the story of a lot of hard turns and learning how to go with the flow and allowing all of this to happen and finding the opportunity in each and every one of them. And then somehow magically the stars align. And I did sell my business to Bill Gates.
0: Wow. And I love what you said about being audacious, that audacity to keep going, the resilience, because we live in a in a society and a world and a culture right now where everything is everybody's living the Instagram life, right? You know, uh-huh. everybody's living their best life. And people think that, um, like you said, oh, if they did it, oh, I can do it. And it's not like that. And you're so spot on with, you know, the business thing because that's that was me, right? I started, I was like, okay, this is my plan. This is how I want things to go. And it has not
1: <laughs> been- Surprise. Like I
0: had <laughs> planned it, right? Surprise, And I think that's very, very good for people to know, especially the younger generations that are coming out, because, you know, a lot of times they're like, well, you have to plan for, you know, it's like, yeah, i made some plans. And like you said, I've made some mistakes and had to dig myself out. And, you know, you keep doing these things. So I think that's so important for people to hear. Um, So what was your business and why did Bill Gates buy it?
1: Yes. So, you know, to fast forward this, so, you know, so you're looking at 10 years of like really hard stuff, and we're talking about a lawsuit, riots, fires, floods, an earthquake. We are talking about September 11th. And I finally sort of arrived at this point where I thought, well, it kind of can't get much worse than, you know, than I'm in. And I was $135,000 in debt. And then I flew. Uh, to Germany, where I'm from, and I wanted to drum up some business. And I was at this time running a stock photography syndication that was specialized in architectural and interior photography. A side um, a side effect, basically, of what I was doing was celebrity homes. And I used to be, when I was in Germany, a photo editor at Elle magazine. So I really knew how to sell these stories. The problem was I was $135,000 in debt. And I was now at a point, Trina, where I had to borrow money to pay interest on borrowed money, Mm -hmm. which, as everyone knows, is a brilliant idea and (laughs) a fast track. Great financing options to bankruptcy. And so I flew to Germany completely desperate, and my father had a stroke, and my father dies six weeks later of pancreatic cancer because it really wasn't a stroke, it was cancer. And so as I'm standing at the funeral in Germany. And, you know, you have to envision that I'm at this beautiful place in Nether Bavaria at this, you know, front of this Baroque church that overlooks an entire valley. And literally, we just buried my dad. And my phone rings and it's my office in Los Angeles. Trinania tells me, uh, my employee tells me, we've just been served a notice. So I am now losing the house. I wasn't, I didn't own the house, but, you know, it had been, the new owner came in and he was trying to find a reason uh, to throw us out, which he did. And this happened while I wasn't even there. And so there was this moment where I, you know, where I fell on my knees and I'm going like, I'm $135,000 in debt. I'm a single mom. I live in a country, not my own. I've done whatever I possibly could. You know, I don't lie. I don't cheat this. This stuff just kind of all happened, you know, uh, to me. And, and I literally yelled at God for a minute. And I said, you know, if, if you have a plan, this would be an excellent time for you to fill me in because I'm. I just don't understand what in the world is going on here. And then I surrendered. And so when I came back, I had gotten a letter from the White House. Now, I had written in my absolute desperation, Trina, I had written a letter to the president of the United States, George W. Bush then. And so I got this letter from the White House and it put me in touch with a small business administration. And I talked to the second in command, the deputy chief director, and he helped me, you know, and I had the business plan. I was fully prepared. I, I was ready for this moment. And he helped me find a bank to restructure my, my debt into a fixed 10-year term loan that freed up my line of credit that got me to break even. So the difference between bankruptcy and break even was three months, wow. three months. That was it, three months. And then we went on this crazy ride where 18 months later, we are the world leader in celebrity at home stories. And we sold Madonna, Francis Ford Coppola, Simon Hatcher, Julian Moore, um, Simon Baker, Terry Hatcher. I mean, anyone, you know, Seal. I mean, these stories just kept coming and coming and coming. And that attracted the attention of a Bill Gates company that was into photography syndication at the time. And they had a celebrity brand that they couldn't grow. And they felt that with the addition of our material, they could grow that particular brand. And they said to me, well, will you teach us how you do it? And I started laughing. And I said, like any decent woman, if you want to know what I have, you've got to pay for it, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, Well, what do you want? And I said, Well, I want a couple million dollars and I need my number. And they said, Okay. (laughs) And that's how it went. And then I sold my business for millions of dollars to Bill Gates 18 months after the worst moment of my life.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. That is such a comeback story. I mean, talk about your setbacks being preparing you for a setup. That was definitely a setup. You know, I just I don't know how else to put it.
1: You're you 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 got it right and I think that's really important to take away from the story. Because the story isn't that I woke up a princess one day and then one day somebody handed me the crown. Right. Uh the story is, you know, we're jumping out of an airplane with a parachute that's not even finished. And somebody's handing us a needle and some thread and we're sewing while we're falling. Uh you know, that's really the story. And if if you look back now and I were to ask your listeners, Trina, would you be willing to put 13 years in if I were going to tell if I was going to tell you that at the end of 13 years, somebody's standing there with a multi-million dollar paycheck, would it be worth it? And then everybody, of course, would say, Well, yes. Yeah. Well, you don't know it when you're in it. And so the takeaway is that, you know, being a photo editor helped me to sell these stories. Being a photographer representative helped me to know how to work with photographers and high-end photographers. Being a producer helped me to, you know, be really organized with my systems. I mean, I sold in 79 countries all over the world. And, uh, you know, in my mistake and my lawsuit prepared me for the transaction and for all the craziness that comes in a due diligence when you are being bought by Bill Gates company. So everything was exactly a preparation and a test run for a piece in this ultimate trend, in this ultimate moment of, of just big luxury liner shows up in, Mm -hmm. you know, all five stars And so that's why I like to tell the story, because people always go like, yeah, but that's not going to apply to me because, you know, I have a lot of adversity. Well, so did I. But if I if now, you know, someone who did this. So you really don't have an excuse anymore. Right. And, you know, and I love what you're saying, because that's how I look
0: at it, because I look at you and I hear your story and I go, you know what, if that's possible for you, it's possible for me. I can overcome my obstacles and do what it is I want to do. but like you said, a lot of times people don't get things like that they look at it as oh well, that was you um, I can't do that or my circumstance is way worse than yours and it's and I don't look at it like that I look at it as it as exactly what I said that okay, if it's possible for one person, I know it's possible
1: for me. And that's the only way Trina, that's the only way to look at it because if I were to put you in a dark room, you know, there's a light switch. You're just going to have to find it. I mean, if if I look at this from a spiritual perspective, and I say, what are your chances of even being here on this planet against you know, like the biological, scientific odds of you uh, to show up here, and then what? And then you're going to tell me you came here to be mediocre? Seriously? Exactly. Exactly. I don't think so. Oh. So. That's the part where that comes in if we detach ourselves from failure as the word failure, but as an experience or an opportunity or finding the gift, which I'm sure you've heard before, finding the gift in the in the darkness, then it's much easier to say, what am I taking away from this that I'm going to take with me that I can use to be better and to strive to be more and to help more people and make a bigger impact? Right.
0: Right. Exactly. So how are you using that knowledge that you have to help other people?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so there's a couple ways I do this. So first of all, I've systematized it. Uh, one of, one of my gifts, my, 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 my super skill is that systems are very easy for me. So if I hear somebody talk in my head, it immediately goes, okay, so that's So these are modules, and these are steps, and there's five of them, and and here's how you're taking people through it, and it happens like in real time. And so I help people that really want to make that impact, to build a system formula behind it so that they can scale up. Because a lot of times what happens is that business owners, entrepreneurs, big thinkers, thought leaders... They get so caught up in their idea that they don't understand how to position it so that it really helps other people. I call this the knowledge vomit, which I'm sure, Trina, you've seen a thousand times, right? It's like somebody has learned something and then they meet you and they wanted to just like, they're just going to, you know, here it is. It's like all at once. And you go, whoa, 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 back off. This is just too much. So you can help someone if you give them everything all at once. Right. You have to tell them, here's the whole thing. I call this the five-star success blueprint. Here's the whole five-star success blueprint. But as it says, it's five stars. Mm-hmm. So that means there's five things you need to know. And you should probably do that in, in order mm-hmm. to get your business from the conception, from the idea, all the way to possible acquisition. So how do you do that? And then I find that when I work with people that they have some of these steps, but a lot of them are incomplete. A lot of them are sloppy. Some of them they don't like to do. So they try to avoid them all together, like lead generation and sales, anyone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, but marketing and social media, yay, you know, let's make everybody see how great my life is. And and so this is really designed you know i feel that i'm really here as a someone who can help other people to step in i always say that people that come to me have been activated and only people who have been activated even know what that means mm-hmm. and so i can help them and i can i can see it i think that's the greatest part about my work is when i work with a business owner consultant an entrepreneur somebody who's flushing out an idea and you can see on how all of a sudden it clicks. And there's this just moment, I'm sure you've seen it. And there's this moment of just awe where they go, did that, did, did, did I just say that? Did that just all come out of my mouth? Oh my God, I have a real business now. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing with this. I can see it. And that is how I help people. That's why I call myself the growth architect. Because it is about designing individual blueprints to help people to build their business.
0: Mm, wow. And I love what you're saying about how you see it when the light goes off in their head. And tell me some of the instances where you have taken someone to that point where you see them when they finally say, oh, I got it. This is what I'm doing. Because I'm pretty sure, like you said, when people come to you, they they have a whole mess of things going on going, well, you know, I can do this. I can do this and this, this, and this, and this. And I'm pretty sure you first have to tell them, okay, calm down. <laughs> let's, let's uh, start slow. Cause I can imagine how that is.
1: Yeah. I mean, the way my brain works, my, my, my brain likes, uh, likes a lot of stuff fired at it because it immediately, once my intuition kicks in, it automatically sorts it. So I'll give you an example. So I was working with someone who does a lot of work in the uh, consulting space with uh, large organizations. And she was having an issue because she was doing a lot of career consulting and now she wanted to go in the corporate world. And so she was teaching people how how to find a better job. And now she's going corporate and telling people, how to keep their people. And she felt that there was a, you know, there was a disconnect. She says, well, how can I, how can I go in after I just trained everybody to find a better job than the one that they were offering? What would they, what would they um, say to me? You know, how can I even combine that? And it came up pretty quickly. I said, well, I said, but that's your differentiation factor is that you are the only one who can go in. I have the insider scoop. I'm like the fox in the hen house. I've been there. I know exactly all the reasons why they want to leave. And that makes me invaluable for your organization because you don't have to, because everybody always thinks it's more money. It's never more, just always more money. It's a lot of other things. And so, and then she said this one thing and she just kind of like said it. I said, so, well, but. So what, what, what do you really want to do? And she just goes like, I just want people to love their jobs and their jobs to love them back. Mm. And I said, there it is. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Do you, do you need to say anything else other than I'm a consultant? I help your people to love their jobs and Mm. their jobs to love them back. And I have these programs that help. And, uh, her next call was with one of the largest companies in the world. And they looked at the menu that we literally had created three days prior to that. And the company said, we want that and that and that. Boom. I mean, it. it I, th- I think that sometimes, you know, As business owners or as people that are in in the weeds, we think it has to sound a particular way or it has to be really a lot of fancy words. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, what is it really? Like if I, you know, Albert Einstein always said, if you can't explain it in a sentence, you don't understand it clearly enough. Right. So, how easy can you drill it down? And so that's why I arrived at, I help visionaries and leaders to make an impact because that's really what I do. Yes, I do develop strategies and, and, you know, and all this and program, whatever, but in the essence, that's, 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 that's what I do. And I think that's when we go out in the world and whether you are working as an employee, or you're just starting out to turn your side hustle into the full gig, or you are an entrepreneur, or you want a business owner who wants to really scale it up. At the end of the day, you need to crawl into that person's head who you're talking to and visualize what it is that they're struggling with today. And what is the language that they're using to describe that? And the language is generally very simple because they don't understand your subject matter expertise. Right. So if it's a company, they may say it's an issue with retention. They don't know that there's 20 things that can go into retention. Mm-hmm. It's That's your job. So your language has to be, I help with retention, because mm-hmm. once you're in, then you use your proprietary mer- method to fix it. Or if you provide a product or a service, what does it do that makes other people's lives better mm-hmm. or enriches them or ha- has so that they can have a greater experience? So I'm a really big fan of simplification.
0: Mm-hmm. And that that really makes a difference because I'm listening to what you're saying. And I remember when I was starting out, you do, you think you have to use some, has some fancy this, like, oh, I do blah, 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 blah. And that's not really what people are looking for. It's like, okay. You know, my teeth hurt. Give me something to stop my teeth from hurting. That's yeah. it. You know. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't it, need it, to do anything else.
1: No, no, exactly. And I think that's where people that just go wrong because they go at other people's websites and they look at this corporate language mm-hmm. and then you read this corporate language and you scratch your ha- head and you say, "What is this even? What does this even mean?" And the people that are hiring you are not the CEO. Mm-hmm. It's a manager or a director or someone, and they may not be at that level. So the simplicity and the outcome-driven language is really where it's at.
0: Right. So how do people get past that? Because like you said, people go to other companies and other websites, and or they may go to someone who's a competitor and say, okay, well, they said this, that sounds good. Well, I'll say something like that too and I'll just switch some words around. And then when it comes down to it, they don't really know what they're saying or they're going, well, that's not really what I do. How can we get people away from that and just tapping into what, the, what it is that they wanna do? Like the, the woman that you work with, where you, she said, I want people to love their jobs. How can we just get down to it like that?
1: Well, most of the time that the honest truth here really is, it is really difficult to see this for yourself Mm. because we, we, we're human. Mm. So, um, I can't do this for myself either. I also have to hire consultants, coaches, and people that help me to, to drill it down because we are in it. Mm. So most of the time, Trina, the answer really is you, you it's either time or money, Mm. So you can spend the time to try to figure this out on your own, which I'm sure many people can, but it's going to just take time and a lot of trial and error. And I mean, how many times, and I'm sure you've done this like I did, you write it down and then you put it on the website, then you read it three days later, you (laughs) go like, gosh, what was I thinking? That sounds just so trite. Mm -hmm. And then you write something else. And then And then you have another idea and you go like, well, but that's not right on for that. And then you change it again. And so you're in this whiplash effect of constantly changing. And so you need to step away from it. I call this, you've got to take the plane and go to 30,000 feet. Mm -hmm. And then you need to take this plane at 30,000 feet and you circle and circle and circle. And you find all the different airports you could land at. Mm -hmm you know, here in Los Angeles, I could fly to Orange County. I could fly to San Diego. I can fly to the desert. I can fly to Palm Springs. I can fly to Ventura. So I want to know where all of my landing options are. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to pick my route and I'm going to say the first airport I'm going to land is this airport because this is where I can solve this problem. Mm -hmm. Once I've established that I can fly to my next destination, my next journey, and then I can expand and then I can expand. So what's these lateral expansion ideas that I can have when I, when I really build out that journey, but it's time or money, you're either going to invest the time and the time is the money. So if, if, if I have to, if I have an option to pay someone $10,000 or, to spend three months figuring something out, I'll pay $10,000. Right. Right. I don't have three months to figure something out.
0: And that's the thing. A lot of times people like to trade the time for money and money for time. And sometimes it's just better to say, you know what? Like you said, here's the money. Help me figure it out so I can be on my way. Yes. Oh my goodness. So good. I love that because- I like I said I've been there. It's been <laughs> I've been there where I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? Then like you said you go back and you go, no, that's not it. Then you change it and it's like, oh, and, and and it gets frustrating because you know you want to have impact. You know you can provide impact. But it's just like you said the the narrowing it down and honing it to make it where it's anybody can say. That's what I need.
1: Yes, exactly. And the overcomplication that you just uh, uh, alluded to is something that is so easy to fall into, which is why I, uh, in the Five Star Success Blueprint, we have one foundational step. It's called the airtight Avatar. And I am giving this piece away. So <laughs> I, I'll be happy to have all your audience members that are interested in this take this program for absolutely free, because the first step is to really figure out who is your avatar, who is your ideal client uh, to buy. And I give you one example on why this matters. So I'm just started working with a new client and she had, um, you know, she's a single mom. And so she, she, when she gets challenged, she gets kind of angry and then she uses this as motivation to achieve something because she wants to prove herself right. Okay. And so she says, Well, I want to work with other, you know, single moms. And so she, uh, you know, she went through the airtight avatar. And then she said to me, You are absolutely right. The avatar I'm going after has no money. So okay. if I am going down a road where I know I am needed, but they can't pay for my services. I'm going to get myself into real trouble. And so this is the part about your, you know, the five star success blueprint and about building a business Mm -hmm. is that keen awareness of it's not personal. It's not that we're saying your idea sucks. It doesn't mean that, you know, single moms don't need the help, but when somebody's in the weeds so much, they, 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 they will not, they will not put five, ten thousand $10,000 on the plate because that's the uh, full year of school tuition. And that's how single moms are thinking. I know this because I was one and because you have to make sure that certain criterias are met and you're in a fight for your life. Right. So you need to figure out then if it's not that, then would it be the affluent single mom? well then where is the affluent single mom so now you're going into the higher earning right so now you're going into a different kind of environment that's a completely different language and a completely different branding than you know that that down and dirty let's roll up our sleeves and get right. stuff done and as a as a entrepreneur as a founder as a ceo you need to see this person in front of you and you need to be very clear what the capabilities and capacities and financial abilities of this person are for you to price out your services properly and make money so you can sustain yourself.
0: Right. Because having impact and wanting to serve, and we do, we get kind of caught up into, yeah, we want to serve this person, but that person may not be the viable person for us to actually have and grow our business. So we have to change that clientele or that avatar to be someone who needs what we have, but also that we can actually build a business upon.
1: You're absolutely correct. And then you can take that impact and that money and the prosperity you created, and then you can volunteer, donate, and make, make an impact in that category. Maybe in a different kind of a way than you thought, because, you know, my dad always told me, he says, the best way to make a really big impact and to do the things that you want to do is not to be the social worker, but to make the money to support the people that do the good work, because he says that's that's influence. And influence, you know, when you see a celebrity going, you know, backing up a, a cause on how much more money there is being raised, not to say that, you know, I'm not taking a judgment on this, but I, I happen to be a big thinker. I don't want to make a little impact. I want to make a really big impact. And I think that's a decision. Each listener, each person has to make for him or herself to say, well, how little or how big do I want to play it? And if I want to play it big, then you're going to have to think a hell of a lot bigger than you probably are doing right now.
0: Mhm. Oh my goodness, I love it. I I can talk to you forever cuz I love what you're doing and I'm I'm kind of I'm in that mindset as well where it's like I want to have big impact. I wasn't put here just to work, pay bills and die. I'm I'm not trying to live a mediocre life. So I love when I have other people who understand that and who are doing that. Because it definitely is how you see yourself, your mindset, what do you think? And not everybody thinks like that. And that's one of the things I hate is when you get the person who's like, oh, my glass is half empty. And I'm, you know, on the verge of falling over and breaking. And It's like, oh, goodness, like you choose your fate, you can do things to bring yourself up. So Love, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And we need more people like you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Well, I think Trina, like if we were to drill it really down in in simple steps, you got to have the mindset Mm -hmm. and the mindset means you need to have the passion and the vision for what it is, the direction you want to go into. And you must have gratitude for what you're doing and really do that the best of your abilities, not kind of like in that half-assed kind of a way, but, but really being fully committed to your work. Mm. And, you know, every time before I speak, like every time before I go on stage, you know, I always have this moment where I think about, like I visualize how I drop out of my head into my heart mm. because I want to be in this moment. Where I really connect with the audience. And I, I ask God to guide me to connect with the audience and to tell them what they need to be hearing. And, you know, and sometimes you don't know where that is going, but it is about that authentic real connection that I want to make. Every time I work with a private client, you know, even if it's exhausting and it's sometimes, you know, it's, it's draining because you, we go deep mm-hmm. and, You know, and yet at the same time, Trina, I always remind myself, what a gift, you know, how how grateful I am that, you know, this person now can go and impact the largest, one of the largest companies in the world Mm -hmm. with something that we helped her put together that she's been working on for what, 20, 30 years in her life. And now she's finally ready to roll it out. And, you know, and, and just how many people she can inspire with that. And how, when you look at it this way, when you look at it from the perspective of that the little thing that you're doing here on your laptop, in your living room, or in your home office, or in your workspace, and uh, the lukewarm coffee you just drank, that all of these things are all part of you helping other people to step into what they came here to do and, and, and be and do and look better. How can you not be fulfilled and happy and excited and, and recognize that what beauty we have around us. And especially when we look at the division and, you know, and, and how angry people are and how we are seeing that everybody's at each other's throat and the cancel culture I mean, it's just insanity. You can't even say anything anymore without, you know, a train running over you. Everybody just needs to calm down and take responsibility for your own action. And if you would, instead of criticizing, turn that sea of criticizing into sea contribution, imagine how much better we would be off.
0: You know, I couldn't imagine. But I, I'm with you on that because just there's so much negativity in in the air, in the world, so much chatter. And like like you said, the council culture and people, you know, you say one thing if somebody doesn't like it. I mean, you can't even comment on something on social media without somebody else attacking you over it. So it's, it's really crazy. And it's just, it's not helpful for anyone. So the more people who can have that mindset that you just spoke of and that approach, I think we would be a lot better than what we are now. And, but it, it takes, you know, more than you and I, hopefully the listeners are listening and they can put their little bit out into the world as well. But yeah, hopefully, you know, something comes about that changes really soon.
1: Well, it has to be. I mean, if we put it really simply, if somebody says, I like an orange and everybody somebody comes and says, you're discriminating against apples. <laughs> and then somebody says, what about bananas? Huh? Are you totally forgetting about bananas? And then somebody screams in the background, grapes, grapes. Hello. Anybody's thought about grapes? Well, it wasn't about grapes or a banana or an apple. It was a conversation about an orange. Right. And so we, we, we adapt to some of this nonsense, the self-proclaimed you know, righteous people in the world are doing. Uh, You know, I I get this on my YouTube channel all the time when I talk about women, you know, then men come to a channel that is geared toward issues around women. And they say, Mm -hmm. what about men? And I always say, well, you're welcome to set up your own YouTube channel and talk about issues that are (laughs) affecting men, which I'm really not the right person to talk about because I'm a woman. Why would I, you know, I've I've chosen this topic and then it goes, you know, from there on it goes so important for us is that personal responsibility isn't just about owning where you are at but also owning what you think what you participate and what you say and sometimes even i catch myself and you have to have that awareness level to even get to the point where you said oh i oh i did just say that why did i just say that that was really that was really stupid or i didn't i didn't mean to say that but it's first step is to raise our own awareness so we can even see what we are doing mm. But most people don't even want to do that because it's so much easier to put my finger in your face, Trina, mm-hmm. and tell you all the stuff that you were doing wrong versus looking at myself and saying, What's, what was my contribution in this? Right. What did I do?
0: Oh, man. Like I said, we could really talk for a while. <laughs> I, I, I'm about to get on my soapbox about that because, it's man, it is it's so true. And I think people just don't know what accountability is, personal accountability. And it's amazing to me. And, and it's funny because I have a, a military background. I was a Naval officer. So accountability is something that's big for me. And when people, when people brush off, like what they did, like it's nothing. But then they, like you said, they can put their finger in your face and go, no, 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 no. Like, well, are you without blame? <laughs> you know, are, are you perfect? What's going on here? Let's really look inside ourselves and a at each other and see where we can improve because I'm pretty sure we all can improve on some kind of level but don't be so righteous and so judgy that you're turning up your nose at the next person because they're not doing or saying something that rings the bell for you
1: so I have a question for you Trina mm-hmm. do you think you know and that'll be really interesting I think for everybody to hear from your experience, How do people get to the point where they recognize accountability? Because is it that they can't because they don't know? Or is it that they don't want to because it's easy? I think
0: it's the latter. I think it's they don't want to. Because if you think about it, even at looking inward at yourself, it's it's confronting, right? It's, It's confronting for you to say, oh my my goodness, I made this mistake. I got myself to this point here. This was all me. You can't say, well, my spouse did it, my kid did it or whatever. You have to say, I did this. This this is my mistake. And not many people can know how to do it because it's confronting. So I think it's the same thing with accountability. If I can skip over the fact that I had some kind of hand in whatever happened, and just blame someone else, that's easier to do. It's easier for me to blame you for whatever than to say, you know what? I had a hand in this. I had a, a part. Let me take responsibility for what I did. And it's, it's very interesting too. It's very interesting how people are so comfortable with doing that. And some people actually walk through lives, life thinking that they're, you know, they're not accountable for anything, but they don't see it as I'm not being accountable. They're just seeing it as I'm the victim. Everyone else is wrong.
1: You're absolutely right. Actually, now that you said that, this happened to me, believe it or not. <laughs> so I just uh, moved in with my fiance and I've lived by myself for a long time and I raised my daughter by myself. And, you know, but this is a time in my life where I choose that I wanted love and a relationship. And It was time to take it to the next level, and so about a week ago, I had a full blown meltdown. I mean, I know myself. I knew this was going to come, right? I mean, you you can't be fiercely independent and then, you know, and have all this trauma in your childhood, and then you you know all of a sudden think you can change your entire life, give up your home, and then move move in somewhere else, and then nothing happens. So it did happen. I had a full blown meltdown, and I walked out. I was so mad. And so I I called an emergency session with my high performance coach. And then she said to me, you know, this is really on you. You really, you really provoked this because your subconscious couldn't handle this change and was stepping in to try to make you withdraw back to your old proven tried ways live by yourself it's safer don't have anybody else tell you what to do you know it's going to be a big change you can't handle it she says that was all on you because that man loves you and he'll do whatever it takes to make it comfortable and i had to sit there and that you know to your point you know, it, it did, you know, in all honesty, this didn't come easy. <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> it did take me a couple of days. And then I, I, I said, you're absolutely right. And then, you know, my, 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 my partner, he says, well, how, how was your session? And I said, I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. I said, she told me that, that I kind of pulled that one on you. And I think she's right. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but that. That was hard mm-hmm. uh, to do. And I think that, and even for someone like me who has this awareness and has worked on this for years and years and years, but to really be in tune and to recognize who you are and why you do what you do or where that comes from
0: when
1: mm-hmm. your old story just sweeps over you like a wave, like the tsunami that you know what to do to get yourself back on track and not have it derailed your life. Yes. Because I could have picked a fight and insisted that I was right. And he was doing all these things wrong. Whereas he was just trying to step away from me. So I could throw my temper tantrum (laughs) uh, and, and come to emotional terms with what I was dealing with. And he took himself out of the way and I thought he was abandoning me. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I mean, we probably should have talked about it, but I wasn't in that position. And if we think about how we do that in life, how we allow these lack, this miscommunication, that's why I wanted, you know, to know what you thought is, is it easier to just stick to the story versus then to say I was wrong? And, you know, and I think a lot of people just go, it's easier to stick to the story.
0: Yeah. And the reason why I was able to answer that is because I've done what you've done. So I had, to take, <laughs> I had to take that hard journey and actually really confront myself. And I was like, ooh, this is hard. You know, and when you have to sit back and go, Yep, that was all me. <laughs> you know? That was that was me. I I caused that situation or I put myself in this mess. And it is, it's hard. But I think once you do it you don't have a problem with recognizing and knowing that in the future that, okay, is this me or, or am I just pointing the finger at someone else that doesn't deserve it?
1: Yes, you're absolutely correct. And that, that then requires you to allow yourself to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and honest with yes. yourself yep. and, and know why you do what you do and do the work. Mm-hmm. For example, like listening to podcasts like this. And I want to just say this, um, you know, for everybody listening, it's like, I want you all to recognize that Trina and I do this because we love making an impact. Mm-hmm. So if you're hearing something here on Trina's podcast, you know, go and leave her a comment and uh, and rate the show and subscribe and tell other people about it, because this is why we do this to spread the message to as many people as we possibly can and be part of the solution.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you for that. This episode is being sponsored by True Vision. Have you lost hope in starting your business? Lost steam or just do not know where to go from here? See with True Vision and define your path. The True Vision Project seeks to heal, rebuild, and transform your online business from the inside out. For more information and early access for only Trina Talk listeners into the True Vision Project, send an email to connect at definingpaths.info. Make sure to mention that you heard about it on Trina Talk. Well, we're going to get into our questions because we are just jabbering on. So
1: are you ready? I'm ready. Fire away. Okay.
0: Who or what
1: motivates you? Impact. Really, really, really making an impact. Yes. Taking as many people with me as I can. Oh, like it. What demotivates you? Stupidity and ignorance.
0: Yep, I'm there with that one too. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked out for your good?
1: I have a very traumatic childhood with a very abusive and a uh, mentally ill mother. And I struggled for a very long time with why this was happening to me. And if I didn't have that background, I would have never motivated to be a light for other people. Mm-hmm. Love
0: it. What is your fear?
1: Uh, I would say uh, right now, as I'm going through this, to really, truly be loved for everything I am because I've never experienced it like I'm experiencing it now. And for some unknown reason, I seem to have fears around that. And so this is a fear that I I really want to overcome and turn into the joy that it actually is.
0: Mm. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't?
1: Yes, I wished I would have raised my daughter, not in a middle class mindset, but in a prosperity mindset, Mm -hmm. so that for her, her relationship with money, Mm -hmm. and the way she expects life to provide for her would have been different.
0: Wow. Wow. Is there a time that you wish you had not done something?
1: Yeah. When I sued those two people uh, that betrayed me in my business, I could have saved myself an entire year of agony because at the end of the day, a year later, I walked away with exactly the same amount that I had when I was going in, which was nothing. Wow. What is your definition of success? My definition of success is that at the end of the day, when you go to my grave, I wanted to say, here lies a woman that was instrumental in defining women leadership. That would be a very successful life for me. How do you recharge? Um, right now, I don't because I'm in the middle of this massive uh, transformation. And, you know, and I, I lost all my business last year. Mm. because there was no speaking and there was no Mm. women leadership events so I had to start from scratch all over again and now we are on fire but typically I like being outside so do a lot of hiking I'm an avid uh skiers I'm a double double black diamond skier anything that gets me out in nature where I can see how remarkable small I am compared to the rest of the world Mm. what are you awesome at Recognizing people's brilliance and 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 pressing that pressing that start button and turning their lights on. Hmm. I think you already said this, but what legacy
0: do you want to leave?
1: That's my legacy. I, I I want to I want to bring this new business code to the world where we understand that women leadership is not what it isn't, but we actually have a definition for what it is. And I want to do that through the women's code. And I have done many pieces of this already through the women's code. Now we just need to get the word out Mm -hmm. and take the men's code, acknowledge it for its contributions, which are not all bad. There's a lot of really good stuff about it and take the two of them and combine them like in an infinity sign, and then create this new business code so that this existing structure in which so many people are working is finally cracking open and allowing more room for people to breathe and be themselves and enjoy work a lot more.
0: You know, I'm glad you said that because I had that on my list to ask you and I totally forgot because we got talking. So what else? Tell us more about that, the woman's code, because that was one of my top questions.
1: So the women's code I designed is that after I sold my business to Bill Gates, they um, gave me, they offered me a job to become Uh, the global senior director of entertainment at a Bill Gates company, which was kind of a nice, fun, sexy job. And then I did that. And as I go into this corporate structure, Trina, I see how bad it is. Mm. And I see that how minorities are being treated differently, how women are being treated, how the whole system is set up for one type of person. And that is that kind of white man. I mean, let's face it. And then they do these kind of feel good programs and, you know these resource groups and affinity groups and, and and whatever there is around it and then we pretend that that's enough but the system itself the structure itself is set up in a way that it it just can't work and then i saw what women do to each other and i was like holy smoking macro no wonder there's 2% of male ceos and Uh, 98% of male CEOs and only 2% of women CEOs, because women operate from a scarcity principle where they have to take other women out. So women have this idea that if they work with other women, that the woman is the threat and they have to take the other woman out, which keeps eliminating all the women that could bring the balance so that we could address the real issue, which is the imbalance and the inequity in the system. And so I looked at this and it just didn't make any sense to me. And I probably at the time was a terrible boss because I, you know, I, I recognized male leadership a lot more because women were never really good to me. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, you know, but that's not right. So I set out to create the women's code and to give women a code of conduct and say, women can lead on compassion and uniqueness and empowerment and women are different. We don't want, it's not called sameness. Right. It's called equality. That's right. That means we're not looking for the same. We're looking for what is the equivalent. Yes. You know, and if I hear one more man saying is like, well, you know, well, then you go build your own roads. Please show me how many men are actually building roads. It's a, it's a small percentage of all men that are building roads. So please don't take credit for what your brother does. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as little as I can take credit for it or yes. should. I think that the entire concept of strength-based leadership is based upon your abilities. Like you would never, you, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, you would never expect Steve Jobs to pave a road. That's right. completely not his skill set. So why do we even have to go there? And I want to really change and challenge that and to say not all women are emotional and soft. Right. Pretty sure that with your background, that there was not a lot of room to be emotional when you were at work. Right. Let me guess. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, it doesn't and work. And so, well. no, it doesn't work well. So you know how to be both, and you know when when to turn which one on, and that is what leadership is all about. And that's how I set up the Women's Code, wrote my first book, Happy Woman, Happy World, and then the pandemic happened, and I realized that men really don't like the structure either mm-hmm. and increasingly so. And so now I recognize that it wasn't that women leadership, the topic went away. It was that leadership and in its entirety is being challenged mm-hmm. and redefined and transformed. And now that's what I'm working on right now. Wow. Yeah, you and
0: I have to talk
1: after because, yeah.
0: Well, thank you, Beate, for being on Trina Talk. It's been lovely speaking with you and hopefully we'll stay connected because I think we have some similar passions going on.
1: I bet. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing what you do and impacting so many people's lives.
0: If you like Trina Talk podcast, please don't forget to go out to iTunes and rate it five stars and leave a review also who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in your life don't forget to share Trina talk with them i hope you have a great week and remember if you change your mindset you can change your life keep striving because success
1: is a journey not a destination